This is Intercom Radio's Eye on Houston. To my right is Seth Payne. I'm Mike Meltzer, and we host the morning show, Mad Radio, with ourselves and also Paul Galan every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10, on Houston Sports Leader Sports Radio 610. Right now, we have the pleasure of being joined in our studio by Ayana Edmondson, and she works for the Mark Thomas Foundation. She's the director of youth programming, and she is their youth camp director as well. And we're going to learn this morning about sickle cell and everything going on. And so I'll just start by by welcoming you. Good morning. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. And uh, it's I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you here because I'll be honest with you. I what I know of sickle cell. A lot of it first started with with uh, Ryan Clark, who was a safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes. who couldn't travel to Denver to mm-hmm. play football mm-hmm. there because uh, because of his sickle the cell. Altitude, yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so like, and you know, you learn things along the way. What you do in high school, and then uh, then from various players that I knew. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot to know and a lot of implications that maybe some people might not, not realize. Yeah, so I guess definitely. yeah, let's let's start with the basics. What is sickle cell? Perfect question. So sickle cell is an inherited blood disorder that affects our red blood cells. So usually a normal red blood cell is a full circular shape. Um, with if you have sickle cell, it is misshapen, so it looks more like a crescent moon um, versus the round shape. So because of the misshape. Um, it's not allowed. Well, not, let me not say not allowed. It's, um, it just makes it, makes it, it, makes it, hard it harder to, yeah. for okay. the blood cells to go through the smaller capillaries and smaller blood vessels and things like that. So because of that, it sometimes gets stuck. So like if you do, um, high altitudes, um, getting too hot, too cold, there are mm-hmm. certain triggers for it and it, it will form a blood clot. Mm-hmm. And so because when it forms that blood clot, it can't go through the capillaries as, you know, um, ready to live as frequently, I should say. And that causes pain. Um, so it can the blood clot can form anywhere because blood flows everywhere in our bodies. So the more extreme complications can be stroke, heart attack, um, moya moya, which is a blockage in your brain. Those are more extremes. Um, the more common are um, organ damage. So like if you have a blood clot on the other side of the blood clot is not getting the adequate amount of oxygen and things like that. So because of that, that can cause organ damage, um, tissue damage and things like that. So I know you mentioned earlier with the high altitudes with Denver. And so that's one of the triggers, because as you go higher in altitude, the amount of oxygen in the air is thinner for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so with us, because the red blood cells are misshapen, red blood cells carry oxygen throughout our bodies. When it, they're misshapen, they can't carry all of the molecules of oxygen um, in its full effect. So that causes problems. Oh, okay. So it's not even, it's not that it increases the clotting risk as much as it, it's because you also just can't carry as much oxygen because it's a smaller cell. Correct. I, okay. I would say both because okay. um, with the clotting factor, as you go up in altitude, our red blood cells get sticky. And so when it gets sticky, it forms a blood clot. Oh, right. And on top of that, with the, you know, not enough oxygen in the air, not enough oxygen in our blood. So that kind of correlates together. Okay. Yeah. So, Ayanna, you have sickle cell. Um, I do. I do. And uh, this might be a stupid question, but have no you known your question. whole life when you diagnosed at a certain point? No, that's a really good question. Um, I was diagnosed at birth. Um, okay. So each state has its own um, newborn screenings. So at first, um, back in the day, 
I don't want to get the dates wrong. Back in the day, I was born in Georgia. So when I was born in 1991, they already added um, sickle cell in the newborn screening. Okay. Um, Texas received that way later. And so I've met um, individuals that are 45, 50, just getting diagnosed with sickle cell. My hmm. sorority sister's um, mother got diagnosed with sickle cell in her 40s. Um, they misdiagnosed as like arthritis or just didn't know what was going on, didn't know the complications and things like that. And so she got diagnosed at an earlier age, I mean, at a, a later age because um, she wasn't newborn. Screen. So I would imagine because it tends to affect African-Americans and, and some Middle Eastern ethnic groups more often or much mm-hmm. more often than like Caucasians. When people are moving about the country or moving into different areas, there's some some areas like if if you're an African American living in a predominantly white area, there are probably a lot of doctors and providers that just don't think about it or consider it. Oh, definitely. And not even just in the Caucasian area. I would say I've had I've met people in Atlanta and Austin, Houston that did not know what they were doing, even <laughs> in a predominantly African American. Really area so it's um it needs to the word the word needs to get out there and definitely with our um health professionals um because some don't don't know just for lack of better words yeah it's just not addressed in some medical schools or within residencies um so i am so i went to the university of houston pre-med and then i got my master's in biomedical sciences I've learned in my courses, I've learned about sickle cell. Hmm. It is a small snippet in like biochemistry, um, physiology, um, in all of those aspects. But it is learned in genetics. Definitely learned it in seventh grade genetics, honestly. Right. I remember that. But I never uh, like yeah. I, but I obviously never went to medical school. I mean, that's yeah. very obvious. Uh, so I never knew. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how to diagnose it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was taught. Um, but it's just a snippet, and I. But you I do, feel yeah, like, you learn it when you learn about dominant and recessive traits, exactly, right? It's a recessive exactly. trait. You got to have two recessives to to express it. Correct, correct. So you need two people carrying trait, mom and dad, um, in order to have a child with sickle cell. And I, even my friend, she just took her, for lack of better words, I'm not bar or inflex exam. Exiting um, nursing school. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the test is called. It's called the boards. Cool. Okay, sounds like, official. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, uh. But um, she took it and it was a couple questions on that about sickle cell. So I know throughout your, you know, with me being a science major, master, all of that, I've learned throughout. I'm applying to medical school next year. So I will be more inclined to answer that once I get there of like how they're, how we are taught in medical school. But I've learned so much um, even before then. I know, I guess I'm biased on when I see it. I'm like, okay, let's learn more about it. But they touch on it so briefly. And so I feel like that's probably why. And there, for, there are other diseases out there. And you can't be, you know, a expert, an expert on all of them. Right. But I feel, depending on your specialty, like an ER doctor, I think that's one thing because we are always in and out of the um, ER, unfortunately, because of the pain is so um, either instant hmm. or sudden, I should say. And is it, does um, it is it all over your body at times or is it just in a specific joint where that blockage occurs? Like what's the what's the pain feel like? Um, that's a great question. So 
Okay, so what's the pain feel like versus where it is? So that's two questions. So what the pain feels like, um, it varies on individuals. It can be a dull pain. It could be sharp. Um, depending on where my pain is, it's sharp, radiating. Um, a lot of times, um, answering the question of where it is, it can be anywhere. But depending on the individual, it's relatively in the same area. Okay. So with mine, mines are always in my extremities. It starts in my legs or arms, and then every once in a while, I'll get it in my chest. Mm -hmm. I know some people are always in their chest or always in their back or, you know, always in their legs. Um, So mine's are extremities first and then goes to the chest. So it can be relatively anywhere. Go ahead. So so when that happens, I mean, immediately you must think, okay, now I'm at a clot. I'm in danger of clotting, correct? Which is which terms, would yes. seem like a pretty extreme, extremely scary situation. Yeah. And, and what do you do? Great question. So it's um, different scenario. So I can sometimes we can feel an onset coming. Um, mm-hmm. So pumping liquids, fluids, 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 definitely because, like I said, when we get dehydrated, it gets sticky. So we try to hydrate our blood cells in order for that to re- be released. In lack of better terms. Um, but then if it gets so extreme that sometimes, you know, can't walk or can't raise your hands. I've, I've had friends visit me in the hospital and had to bathe me because I wasn't able to bathe myself because that's how excruciating mm-hmm. the pain is. Um, it is it can be very extreme in the sense of because, like you said, um, the blood clot, it can go into like if it's in our chest, um, we are at risk of a pulmonary embolism. We're at risk of acute chest syndrome, which is similar to pneumonia. Um, so we're at risk for further damage. Um, that's where like the stroke comes in, the heart attack. Um, if the clots behind your eyes, blindness, oh, yeah. or mm-hmm. exactly, yeah, it's it can be very, it can get very extreme, and you know, many complications can arise. It, it sounds like something out of science fiction, like, yeah. like <laughs> tiny little robots in your in your blood yeah, going yeah, after yeah. you. It's scary. We're joined in studio here on Entercom Radio's Ion Houston by Ayanna Edmondson, and she works for the Mark Thomas Foundation. So, what's sickle cell? What does the foundation do, and where can people find out more information about it? Perfect question. So, um, yes. So the full name is the Sickle Cell Association of Texas, Mark Thomas Foundation. Mark Thomas was our founder. Um, He passed away from sickle cell at the age of 46. Um, And so a lot of so he will be very proud. We are going into 21 years this year of celebrating um, having the foundation. So some of our services that we do we provide case management. Um, we provide the youth camps that I um, direct. So that's ages six to uh, nineteen. But we break it up. So in two weeks, we'll have our youth camp of six to fourteen year olds, and that's um, just letting them be kids, letting them have fun. We have a full um, health care team, you know, doctors and nurses to help them just in case they get sick on site, um, and then our teenage camp is in March for their spring break. So that's 15 to 19. Um, We also have services of um, we do health fairs. We do um, education, um, just educating you on what the disease is, what the trait is. Um, We also help with SSI, SSDI, um, you know, social security, you know, helping with all of that, helping you find a hematologist. That's really big when you come into the state and, you know, we, we've had people move into the state and not know, like, 
I don't know where to go. So we've had we have a specific, you know, um, list that we help them out with our um, doctors that we know are good with, you know, sickle cell because that's hard to find. Um, we do many services for a young kid, a six to seven and eight year old. I, I got to imagine it's emotionally taxing just knowing that you can be running along feeling great and at any given time you might be seized by one of these things. Yes. Yeah, so I had to do that with. Um, so my mom, um, thank God for her, she had to literally meet with all of my teachers to l- explain to them, you know, what sickle cell is, even especially my PE teachers. Like um, we get some of us, every individual is different, but some of us get um, tired before our peers. So we had to explain that. Um, I always carry a water bottle. I even have it here just to make constant sure. Hydration. Yeah. Constant, constant hydration. You have the color chart for your urine and everything when you're a kid, right? <laughs> like, I know you know it by now, but yes, like definitely. little kids, you got to show them like it's got to be yeah. almost clear urine exactly, all the time. Exactly. To make sure you're hydrated. And so there's different things that we can do, like things that people don't even think about, like wearing closed toe shoes, even in you know, when it's hot outside, because when you come into air condition, the altitude, I mean, not the altitude, the temperature change oh. yeah. can, you know, affect us. So me having a sweater on is detrimental. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, having, you know, I have. Do you wear gloves sometimes if like if you're going from a warmer climate into a into an air conditioned room? Not that extreme. Um, maybe not gloves. If it's winter, then probably definitely, but always having a jacket or a pair of socks or a blanket in my car, making sure I'm prepared. Something that I have to think about versus, you know, just a normal person, really. Um, but even if for, to answer, also to answer your questions, we have um, support group meetings. So if you don't know anyone that has sickle cell or you want to just talk, I know, um, like you were saying, it's so scary for the younger ones to getting to know their bodies and like, oh, mom, why is this happening? Um, we have a support group that helps, you know, parents understand what's going on and things like that. So that's the SOS group. It's a support ourselves okay. support group. And that's every last Tuesday of the month um, at six o'clock. And you guys have some events coming up with the uh, Mark Thomas Foundation. So you have the lunch on September 8th at the Marriott by the Galleria. And then you have the Sickle Cell Walk on October 20th at 8 a.m. at McGregor Park. Can you tell us more details and information about those two events? Yes. Awesome. So our masquerade luncheon is a benefit luncheon. And so we're trying to raise money. September is Sickle Cell Awareness Month, uh, National Sickle Cell Awareness Month. And so that's one of the events that we host in the Houston area because we we do Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. We have offices in those three cities. So that's something we do in Houston. And that's just um, letting our families, you know, meet our health professionals, meet donors. And that's uh, a great, great event to come to um, for sickle cell awareness. And then for our um, October 20th is our Walk for Houston, Walk for Sickle Cell Houston. And that's every October. And that's definitely to come out for support, you know, meet other families like you, meet um, other families to support and um, just have a great time with everyone also for Sickle Cell. And what's the best website and phone number? Perfect. So um, our website is www.sicklecelltx.org sicklecelltx.org and then our phone number in Houston is 713-534-1712 so 
534-1712. Or sicklecelltx.org. So just to reset all of that with uh, the Mark Thomas Foundation, so the Masquerade Luncheon, September 8th, at the Houston Marriott, right by the gallery, and then the Houston Sickle Cell Walk, that's October 20th, 8 a.m. at McGregor Park. And again, all the information, sicklecelltx.org, or give them a call, 713-534-1712. Ayana, thank you very much for joining us on Entercom's Ion Houston. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Entercom Radio's Ion Houston, Seth Payne, Mike Meltzer. You can catch us every single morning on Sports Radio 610 from 6 to 10 a.m. alongside Paul Gallant as well. This is Ion Houston.